8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. And a warm welcome. Good evening to you at The Viewpoint. It certainly is. My name is Ashraf Gada, and we are talking on Human Rights Day. And there's nothing else that I say for the next two hours. The one thing that I need, just need to just put out to you is that it's Human Rights Day. Now, you need to internalize what human rights means to you and to South Africa. And I say this well to the entire world, because it can never be an exclusive human rights of case of as long as we're okay. At the expense of others, that's okay. That's clearly very human wrong as opposed to human right. Think about that. Our big hitter tonight is in studio. Uh, Mike Steinbank has uh, done many, many things. Once a news anchor long, long time ago, right? Uh, but but very importantly, two things. He's a, he's a key mover and shaker with the with the Eskia Institute. And also, he's the man, and I used to have to use this word, who's claimed that the apartheid museum, not the physical bricks and mortar, but the the, the name Apartheid Museum, in fact, belongs to him. That means the trademark. And there's been an ongoing debate. There's been legal cases going on for years around that between him on one end and in particular maybe the Croc brothers on the other. So we'll talk about that and a whole lot more and throw in human rights and throw in South African where we are as a country now and, of course, the election as well. So, uh, Mike, good chatting to you and thanks for um, agreeing to be our big hitter for the night. I'm honored that you should have asked me, Ashraf, on an important day like Human Rights Day. Well, there you are. I can never understand why it was never called Robert Subukwe Day, because there's the greatest humanitarian we should ever have known, you know. Interesting. Julius Malema of the EFF said today it should be Sharpful Day. Yeah. Well, Sharpful Day, yeah, it's fitting enough, but I think that if we're wanting to hold somebody up, as a human rights person, mm. I think it would be Robert Subukwe. And Robert Subukwe and Sharpville are synonymous. I- isn't it, without delving too much into it, isn't it that it's not the case because it's the classic situation of who rules government effectively will, tells will, 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 will tell the story or write yes. the script. So yes. it could well be different some other time. But yes. for now, it was never going to be the ANC was going to say Robert Subukwe, would they? Not likely. Not not likely. Um they would have to be a lot more generous than they currently are to be able to acknowledge the contribution of Robert Subukwe. But to be to be fair to the ANC, very few people acknowledge Robert Subukwe. Media certainly doesn't acknowledge the contribution of Robert Subukwe. So in that respect, um, I suppose one could say that um, it's the governing party that sets the tone, isn't it? Mm. Well, so. why do you think media... I mean, I, I went to... Of course, I've been there many times, but on my last most recent visit to Robert Allen, which is like about a year ago, because I yes. took my younger kids who are studying politics, so they needed yes. to be there. Uh, yes, you go to his house compared to others, but, yes. but, but it's almost an afterthought. That means it's not... It's not it's a part not of the main pushed tour. as as part of the, the grandstand, right? Yeah. Well, let me let me give you my experience uh, to my visit to Robben Island. the the tour The tour guide would be speaking, and as she's speaking, she would go on and she would say, uh, "President Mandela this, and President Mandela that," and then it would be the Honourable this, and the, and then when we passed the house, she said, "This is where Robert was." I said, I beg your pardon. She says, this is where Robert was. And I said, Robert, come again on that. So uh, she says, I'm talking about Robert. I said, Robert, Robert to you? And so he, 
you know, she just dismissed him like that. And I took issue to, with her on that score. And I, and I think that that's a, it's a pity, actually, because uh, Robert Sabukwe has made a greater contribution, a very great contribution to this country. Mm. What, what sort of contribution, according to you? Well, first of all, if we, if we could get to read some of his writings, um, you, you, you will see from his writings that, that he was the one that suggested in the very first place that one of the first things we have to do is attack this issue of racism. Mm. And I don't think that racism has been, has been dealt with in this country in, in the way that it ought to have been dealt with. You know, and no, no. There's there's a point at which I'm speaking publicly, and I mm-hmm. I speak of the fact that not a single national program illuminates a cognitive understanding of the savagery of racism. Racism is a savage principle, and um, so you're saying a, it hasn't been dealt with correctly. How should it have been dealt with? It? Well, um, in in my thinking, you 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 have to get and. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned um, the Apartheid Museum because the Apartheid Museum, as I had conceived it, was, was about educating on racism and how it has affected us. And in that, and in that instance, I, I would say that my greatest influence in terms of my understanding of how we should deal with it is, as Steve Biko said, the, 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 mm-hmm. the greatest tool in the hands of the oppressor is the mind of the oppressed. Yeah. And so in, in that way, you, you cannot, in my view, when, when if you, and I, oh, I brought a copy of, the, of my prospectus and I wanted to give it to you, but in, in there, I, I do not anticipate, when, when, I, when I spoke in court the other day, I was explaining to the judge that you cannot compare what Gold Reef City's casino did with my trademark against what was my vision. My vision speaks clearly. It says specifically that the Apartheid Museum has got nothing to do with memorabilia or trinkets. It's got to do with addressing the minds of our people. We cannot go through... And this doesn't do it at the moment. Sorry? And and what we experience now at the Apartheid Museum... No, it's a glorified storeroom. Okay. I I want to just pause on that because I want to find out two things in terms of, yes, what would you have done, a bit more detail, and then we will certainly go into this whole row about who owns the rights to even calling... And an establishment or a building the Apartheid Museum. It's an ongoing story. My guest is uh, Mike Steinbank. So here's our big hitter for the night. 089 That's what you need to use to call in so we can get your viewpoint. You can tweet me, as always. You know that. Hashtag SFM Viewpoint. You can tag, well, do tag Ashraf Ganda and SFM Radio. WhatsApp voice notes. You can send it. Maximum 30 seconds, please. 0614-104-107. And lastly, just SMSs 409 So I think we've got our bases covered. Let's get your thoughts. Hashtag SFM Viewpoint. Chatting to Mike Steinbeck about many things, including apartheid and racism and the apartheid museum and the Skia Institute. There's so much we'll talk about. Okay, so let's go back to... So let's just not confuse. So we know there's an apartheid museum at the moment, and there's a big debate about who owns the rights to that. We'll come to that in a second. But those of us who've been there will know that you get there, and of course there's an, a white entrance and a black entrance. And for those who don't know, it absolutely shocks you. And then there's a lot of memorabilia about, yes, you know, people part of the struggle. But you're saying you would have done it differently. I'm saying that I said I would do it differently. I wrote I would do it differently. Well, I, hold on. when you say I, it's, it's, mm. it's a little bit confusing because, 
because again it's it's the explanation that I try to give to a judge um, but let me not get sidetracked with that and uh, take you to the point that in my prospectus I make the point very clear that we come out of 400 years mm -hmm. of subjugation without anything that's remotely close to the rule of law that is remotely close to 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 an understanding of e equality before the law and those all all of those kind of issues and then i go on to make the point that we cannot go through all of that without having been affected in terms psycho psychologically mm -hmm. without being affected so we we almost have to to go through a rehumanization of ourselves because we've been reduced to the level of subhuman and in order to do that we have to do that by way of of looking at the effect on our minds and like I said earlier on and, and that I, I have to confess comes from a great deal of reading from within the back consciousness movement from okay. yeah. which is the root what, of, what inspires which, you, which, yeah. which is the root of my political home is in the black consciousness movement with phrase into pan-africanism mm -hmm. so and and we we generally just put those two things together it's certainly apart from the African National Congress okay so of course I'll, I'll read your perspective some other time or later mm. on but having said that so, so therefore if someone had to enter your museum, yes, what would they well, be? What would they have discovered, or well, what would they be asked well, to do? It was it was a, it was it was more than a museum. It was virtually a city that I created. So 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 my the the artist uh, Ben Omar was the artist. He created this massive complex. It was massive. It 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 was, it was a, call it a city. Within a city, how, how if you big like. in one billion rand was the estimated cost. And, and in cost. terms of land, land and, and it, in terms of well, we actually didn't anticipate the land in terms of its, its its size and stuff, but we knew what was going to be on there. It had a shopping concourse. It had everything. Try, if you will, to imagine a cultural center within Santon City, if you like, or the Pavilion, if you're living in Durban. Okay, so try to imagine it within the center and all of your life you see within that particular complex. Okay, so, so to right? give you another, yes. so what seems like a trivial example, but I think it's a very easy one to identify. Yes. If yes. one goes to Disney World, yes. okay, okay. And, and you look at whatever they do there, yes. it's a mini city within wherever Absolute, you are, right? Absolutely. And it takes you back into now, a certain theme, and you're saying, we would live we, that theme. We would live that theme, ab absolutely. So so where they, where, where we, had, we had created a sports field, for example, we would then have shown you those great sportsmen who never achieved anything and mm. explain to you how they didn't achieve anything because of apartheid colonialism and racism so that it comes to you immediately of, of your past mm -hmm. as it affected what you call. If you were in the arts, we would be able to show you because apartheid and colonialism destroyed everything that was ourselves it destroyed our dreams, it destroyed our hopes, it destroyed our languages, it destroyed our cultures, it destroyed our sense of being, if you understand that. Okay, so that was your plan, yes. and, and, and then the bottom line to the plan is, would you have used that 
that that themed environment yes. to to what to change mindsets. I mean, what Absolutely. would be your end goal to that? Absolutely, that was that was the that was the entirety of the point. Once you become once you become being, once you once once you are a being as opposed to subhuman as they had us, we then we then have the wherewithal to be able to build. Um, I called it a monument. Uh, I, I called it a. A, a look at our past and a monument to our future. That's that's the kind of description that I gave it. Okay, uh, good, a good chance then to segue into mm-hmm. into the next. So that was the dream or the vision. Yes, it didn't quite happen, right? What what actually happened? Aben Soli Croc happened, and Gold Reef City Casino happened. Right, tell me. But but that happens. But but before I go there, let me say to you that happens in about December two thousand and one. But I have to step back because on the twenty fourth of February two thousand, there was a resolution passed in the Bloemfontein Transitional Local Council that the Apartheid Museum will be built in Bloemfontein. Okay. That was one year before the Gold Reef City Casino attack, right? So. And 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 when 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 the they were looking at my prospectus and the prospectus clearly outlined the entire vision of the apartheid museum. And when what people don't seem to understand is that Abe and Solly Croc and Gold Reef City Casino had that prospectus, the same prospectus that the Bloemfontein Transitional Local Council had when they made the decision to build that mm-hmm. apartheid museum in Bloemfontein. They, they had it. Why did they have it? Because we did a presentation to a full sitting of council. And, and somebody, and, and, somebody and, passed it on to them? No. We, we, that, that, that prospectus was distributed throughout South Africa. Okay, so they were aware so, of it, yeah. Oh, no. No, they were not just aware of it. They, they, they got the brochure and the, the, the prospectus and they asked for a presentation. And we did the presentation to a full sitting of council. Council took the resolution and that the apartheid museum will be built in Bloemfontein. That was... That okay, was, so that, that should have all been fine. That... And we, we were busy. We've got documents to say they're looking for the land. They're doing this and they're doing that and they're doing the other. And one morning somebody calls me to say, have a look at the Sunday Times. I said, what's in the Sunday Times? Go, go and get the paper quickly. And I go and get the Sunday Times. It's the 2nd of December. Charlotte Bauer says, the Kroc brothers conceived the apartheid museum. Now, that's a, it's, 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 it's such a blatant lie. It's 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 such a bla- the document that I left with you shows you very clearly that what Gold Reef City Casino had presented to the gambling board was a project called Freedom Park. Mm-hmm. Gold Reef City Casino told the Gauteng Gambling Board that they're going to build Freedom Park. Now, in terms of what Freedom Park was, it was a Furvut style understanding that there were Zulus and there were Kosas and there was this and there was, you know, that whole, mm, what mm, you call, mm. and they had the idea of a cultural village. That's what they had. And when it began to fall apart, they, they then came upon my prospectus and said, this too we can steal. It is black. Okay, so, so you allege... That they stole. I'm not that. alleging. I'll, okay. I'm giving that I'll, as a I'll pick up more on that one there. By the way, if you used to engage, it's very interesting listening to Mike Steinbeck. And of course, there could well be a person who may challenge him completely. And you are so entitled to do just that. 0891-104-207. Mike uh, Steinbeck with me is our big hitter. We'll talk about the Eskia Institute. We'll talk about where the country is going down the line um, in the future. Of course, we are talking about the Apartheid Museum and maybe Freedom Park and what that really means as well. So, Mike, let's go back. Okay, so you're saying that they 
that the Kruk Brothers plan was failing for Freedom Park. They saw uh, in in your prospectus, accepted already by, by the free state legislatures, yeah. like, hold it, there's something we can use here. All right, so that's there's the one. There's something that we can thieve. Well, I expected you to say that right yes. now. Having said that, they... When when the article came in the Sunday Times, was the apartheid museum already established, or it was no. it was mooted as an idea? No, 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 no. The Sunday and that's that's I was looking for that appendix. Now, before your listeners call in to defend Gold Reef or whoever mm-hmm. else, I want to say I, I want to give them a, a, a watch call. What I've just said to you was put to the gambling board under affidavit. All right. It was put to the gambling board. The gambling board did not deny one of those allegations. And I'm, I'm going to leave this document. Okay, perfect, perfect. The, so that's the affidavit. The gambling board did and not. You're, and you and and allege co- what in terms of your allegations? In terms of my allegations, I say that the license for the Gold Reef City Casino should never have been confirmed if it were not for fraud in the in the Gauteng Gambling Board. The undertaking to the Gauteng Gambling Board is to build Freedom Park. That's what was given. And when Freedom Park fell apart, they they said, this too we can thieve. And so they, they went and they stole this. Okay, but they didn't okay. really use the words, this we can thieve, right? Well, you could, I'm just saying you could spin it whichever way you okay. like, but but yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, but I'm right. saying that's that's what. Th- then then yes. what what happened thereafter? So what happens is then the media spin starts about these two great white men who had this vision, and you know, uh, Ashraf, when it when it comes to the the annoying part about that, is that the words the apartheid museum that made up the trademark did not happen for me. On a particular day, it happened after 10 years of developing a simple thought around about 1977, just just after the 76 watch call and just in the year that Stephen Bantubika was. It occurred to me and to tell you the, the truth, I did not know how, but I had this pressing thought that we need to take something away from this mm-hmm. uh, this experience of ours, if at all we're going to get out of it. This is 1977. And over a period of 10 years, I developed an idea to educate. The words, the apartheid museum, were nowhere in my frame for at least eight years of the 10 years of development. And it was a kind of a two o'clock in the morning thing. Mm-hmm. It just sparked like that. And I put it down. And then I realized that if I'm going to educate, I'm going to need a vehicle through which I'm going to educate. And that vehicle became those three words brought together. And if anybody should tell you that it is a simple bringing together of words, with respect, they lie. It becomes simple after you hear it but not before when you it's hear not it. conceptualized when yeah, it's not stuff. conceptualized and here's the part that i want to get to you have a circumstance in which two white men who dehumanize black people through skin whitening creams come up with the apartheid museum give me a break okay, they spent well, the whole life dehumanizing black people okay we'll talk about their characters just now i just, I just want to get confused here so yes so here you are you have the idea Ten years in development, right? Yes. And then you then you coined the phrase apartheid. Yes. The apartheid museum. Yes. Okay. Do you you registered. The, Have registered I got that right? the, the trademark. Trade- Absolutely. Okay. When was that? What year? Nineteen ninety. So as long as that apartheid was still very Be, much alive. Thank you for that part. Okay. Thank you for that part. Now, 
lovely question, Ashraf. So the Registrar of Trademarks receives this application for the Apartheid Museum. Is this guy crazy? Apartheid is not going to die. How on earth are we going to have a museum? So he looks around and he says, is there anybody that's doing anything like the Apartheid? That's how you get the registration for the trademark. Of course. Because there's nobody there. Yeah. And at that time, in 1990, with respect, very few people knew that Mr. Mandela was in secret negotiations from about 1995 with the white supremacist regime. Not, very few people knew that. 85, in fact. In yeah. 85, I beg okay. your pardon, yeah. 85. So, so what I'm saying is, when the registrar receives this application for the apartheid museum, who's this crazy guy? We're going to keep this thing for another 100 years. But anyway, if that's what But it's what he, unique enough for him to, <laughs> they, oh. to trademark. Okay. Oh. But then what happens next? You understand this business. <laughs> I think it's I got a unique selling proposition. All right. Its unique selling proposition is in those three words put together. That comes out of my brain. Okay. And I don't care how many, how anybody spins that. That is mine and it never was the Crocs Brothers. Okay, it's let's the pause, judiciary let's, that worked it let's out. Let's pause them. on that because there's a couple of voice notes as well. 0614-104-107 if you want to send a voice note. 30 seconds maximum. If you wish to engage on air and call in and speak to Mike Steinbank directly, well, you can do that. It's 0891-104-207. Here's a voice note. Good evening, Ashraf. Uh, good evening, Pramarika. Uh, you're speaking to Zolak himself in the Free State, Mangawong. I just wanted to check with yourself, Bermak. What's your take in terms of judiciary? I, I have a specific question. This was a specific question because one can simply say, after having read the book you wrote about the apartheid museum and the Croc Brothers, one would think that the judiciary had failed judicially today. So that's the main question why I'm asking that question. Okay did, okay, did you get that? Yeah. Okay, I got that completely. I got that completely. Uh, Zulaki. Um, let, let me explain something to you, and I'd like listeners, and, and again, time and again, Ashraf, if I haven't said this a hundred times, forgive me, I will say it again. Statutory law makes it impossible to register a company while somebody else's trademark sits on the trademark register. The, the trademark is, is the, it gives you the exclusive exclusive rights to those three words strung together the apartheid mm. museum so apartheid on its own obviously i you don't can't have that by, yeah. my, by itself i don't have museum by itself but those three words strung together belong to me now if you put a sentence on the other side of apartheid museum or you put another sentence in front of it the fact of the matter is you are using Steinbank's trademark it is in international law Right. And when I often get I often get invited by Black House Collective to talk to students mm. on this issue. And the way that I explain it to students is this just so that they can get a grasp of it. There's a, a 14 year old student who comes home and he says, "Mum, mum, look, I've got a driver's license. And mum says, but Johnny, I gave birth to you 14 years ago. You're 14 years old. Where on earth did you get a driver's license from? Statutory law says that you can't have a driver's license. Mm. The judiciary listened to a company that's using my trademark, the South African Apartheid Museum at Freedom Park. They used that 
to thieve my trademark from a company that doesn't exist. It cannot exist in law and it cannot and it does not exist on paper. So wait, let me get clarity. Yes. You registered a trademark called yes. the Apartheid Museum. That's right. That's not the name of your company. No, that's not the name of my company. Quite fine. That's beautiful. Fair enough. Okay. Well, like Coca-Cola may not be a company. Yes. It's called whatever. Yes. That's fine. Yes. Right. Okay. I, I don't have to worry about registering a company. Guess why? Because I have the trademark. Fair enough. Okay. Do, do you follow? Right. Okay. Then the, the Kroc brothers, according to you, yeah. they, they start what? A trademark or a company? They, first of all, they, 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 they register a company. Okay. And then they would have... In the name of? It's called... This is what they tell you. The South African Apartheid Museum at Freedom Park. Now, just just off the top of your head, why would you want to register a company with eight words? I'll tell you why. The addition at Freedom Park is to explain to the judiciary, actually, we had Freedom Park in mind, you know, and then we changed our mind, you know. And nobody knew about Mike Steinbank's uh, The Apartheid Museum. But I'll tell you what. Rule Causa was chairman. If you go to Megawatt Park, you see sculptures there in Megawatt Park. Those sculptures are sculptures that, uh, bronze sculptures that are in my prospectus. Rule Causa, who is, is, the, is the chairman of Gold Reef City Casino, buys those from me. And the affidavit says, nobody knows. And my, my trademark in that particular prospectus is mentioned 75 times times okay so in the telling of the story so so you when you find out you challenge them i right? i sue gold reef city casino Fair i enough. do not sue a company called the south africa the okay. first time i hear about the south african apartheid museum at freedom park is in the affidavit that is signed on the 1st of november 2002 that's the first so you time. sue gold reef city for doing what and for big on the on the basis of what the sunday times said Gold Reef City Casino conceived the Apartheid Museum as a carrot to be dangled before the Gauteng Gambling okay. Board. What, what a happened? blatant lie. What? Now, now, let me just park that aside yes. for the second. Yes. While you're doing that, yes. what, what stops you as the, as the trademark owner of the Apartheid Museum from going ahead with your Apartheid Museum anyway I, in the Free State? Well, look at, what I said to, look at what I said to the Free State. I said, I own the trademark. So Free said, what's going on now, Mike? What's, what's happening here? And I say, I have to go through the legal process, but it's my trademark. And I've told you that it's my trademark. I give them the assurance that I own the trademark. I own the, the concept. Mm -hmm. I own everything. And so it, it's now going crazy now. I'm standing embarrassed in front of a Gold Reef City Casino, in front of the Bloemfontein and Wachko, uh Transitional Local Council. And I'm saying, I don't know what to tell you guys. Yeah, is a situation where somebody has stolen the trademark. That's, that, that's it. And just hold on a second. We'll get through this in no time because you cannot register a company using somebody else's trademark. Gold Reef City gets, Casino gets advised by Edward Nathan Friedland to say that they're not using the trademark. It is the South African Apartheid Museum at Freedom Park that's using the trademark, which is a company that they say they created. Okay. Having said that, yes. when you... What, was your trademark then ever rejected? You know, no. Did, did it lapse? I, I read somewhere. No, at some no, 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 no. There's no, there's no okay. such thing. So in I'm, fact, I'm still, the trademark was renewed in 2000. So I'm still saying, while, while you're having the fight with Gold yes. Reef City, uh, and, and notwithstanding the, the the free state legislature's concerns about like, hey, yeah, what's what going you on? Say? Yeah, Understandably, yeah. so I would do the yeah, same thing. Yeah. But but what would have stopped you then? 
because I mean, you, you've lost yes. virtually about two decades, right? Yes. What would have stopped? What stopped you then, even later on, from ensuring that that your own dream they is stole, visualized? They stole the unique selling proposition. The unique selling proposition is in the trademark, the apartheid museum, and and they saw it and they knew that it was a unique selling proposition that they wanted. They they would thieve. Okay, but I'm still going yes. to say to you now, yes. if if well, and I've been to the Apartheid Museum, yes, the yes, Apartheid yes, Museum in Johannesburg, yes, yes, Goldie yes, City. Yes. If there was another one set up in the Free State, now there's there could be the legal battle about names, but I'm talking about the concept now. I will certainly visit the one in the Free State. Meaning, yeah. I'm still saying to you, in terms of your own vision, what stops you from ensuring that vision? As you've made the point about Sabuque from up front, yes. if Sabuque has been sidelined, yes. There needs to be a way to bring him back uh, yes. in terms of his legacy. Yes. If your vision has been sidelined and sidetracked by individuals for whatever reason, yes. right? It could even be profit motive, fine. Yeah. What stops that vision of yours from still happening anyway? One billion ran. I was going to say, is that all? It's off the table now. Okay. We'll get back to the one million rand. Zandi from Soweto. Go ahead. Hi, Zandi. Good evening, Ashraf, and hello to your guests. Good evening, indeed. Um, he said something quite interesting about the Krog brothers, whom I know historically made their millions from making um, whitening skin products, which were laced with, with poison. Um, it is for many reasons that, you know, our mothers and our fathers during apartheid we were scarred. You know, the name Chubaba comes from Achu Iababa, which means it hurts, it burns. So I wanted to understand the connection between two white races who made their millions in apartheid are now responsible for or have given birth to what we know as you know the apartheid museum and are curating the memory of our pain and suffering for me that sounds like um a question of injustice continued injustice. well well it's an interesting so like point okay sunday i think you raise a very important point now the actual answers we may not have here but but there's two parts to it one is, were they involved in skin lightening and they were damaging? I think it's been well documented and maybe it's another discussion we can talk about. I may, I certainly will pick up uh, Mike's thoughts on that. But besides him, to get another opinion on that in, uh, you know, maybe next week sometime. On the other hand, the bigger question from your point, Zandi, is and why would South Africa, we're talking of democratic South Africa, ever allow two people to, to, to and rubber stamp two people's ownership of... Uh, an organization in the name of the Apartheid Museum. For example, if Henrik Verwood owned the Apartheid Museum, would we ever allow it unless he showed significant remorse and an absolute, you know, born-again change of life? Thanks for that, Zandi. I think it's an important point. It's like the point. Nazis. Yeah. It's like the Nazis telling the stories of the Jewish Corps. Absolutely. That's what we have. Okay, got that. Uh, well, I think that's very well put, Zandi. Thank you. Mike? Yes. Yeah, of course. That is such a very, very good uh, uh, question, Ashraf. <sighs> I don't know how. To so this is even outside the debate about the. N so so this is even outside the debate about the names, Mike. It's, yes. it's the basic principle of like, who then, even from a South African perspective, politics, big business, mm -hmm. who allowed a situation where they could effectively 
own the narrative. At the end, the the problem lays at the end. There's a number of people, and, and as the show will go on, I will tell you a number of names that I will bring into the equation. But at the end, it lays squarely within the judiciary that Gold Reef City Casino controls and the various law firms that control the judiciary. Now, don't be afraid. You mean, that you mean judiciary I'm, capture? I'm, 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 can I absolutely. Now, you can say that because I've told Chief Justice Mukwenge that his judiciary is captured by Gold Reef City Casino. I outlined all 18 years in JSC Complaint 489 of 2016. It, it, it goes to over 120 pages and it's got attachments. It's got everything that shows him each court and what happened. The judiciary has no business. They had no business giving them an opportunity to speak as the South African Apartheid Museum okay. at Freedom Park because it does not exist in law and it and I'll tell you now why it doesn't exist on paper either. Okay, we'll get that. I'll tell you what, in terms of Gold Reef City Casino, I think uh, we'd throw it out that if they're not listening now, there's a right of reply, which I think we'd certainly love to get their thoughts based upon this uh, conversation. Uh, Johnson, in welcome. Hi. Hello, good, good evening. I'd just like to say hooray, hooray to um, the colleague there. I think that this is privacy at the highest level because uh, intellectual property law has not been brought to the fore a lot at all. And uh, I, I like his, uh, his presentation. I think he must just cool down and, and bring out all the intellect because sometimes we confuse it with civil law, mm. criminal law, but intellectual property law is, is, a, is a grave one because this, this terms, as, as he says, concept conceived in 1970s, brought to, to fruition to come to work in 2000s. Really, a long time, and the top brothers bring it all in the 2000s after it is registered. I mean, what a brilliant man you are to have thought of all the correct steps to take until you got this. And I think the whole government should actually support, even the even the business world should, should actually come to hear this. This is mm-hmm. this, this is this is this is a, a case study. On the other hand, it's, really it's not a new revelation, Johnson. I mean, it's, it's been argued for a, for a good number of years. But got your point, Johnson, from Valcom. Thank you for, for that. More. Let's get another call. Lituli, you're in Joburg. Welcome to the show, Lituli. Hi. Hi, Ashraf. Yeah. Thanks for um, for having me. Uh, pleasure, I'd like pleasure. to say hi to, the, to your guest, Bram Mike. I'm from the Black House Collective, mm. which I think he earlier mentioned. He did, certainly. And we've been part of of the case uh, with a campaign called Justice for 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 Bramaik. Um It's a very rich conversation. It touches, I feel, uh, on so many things. And I would have liked to bring it back again on two key points, at least for for me and for us at the Black House. One being about um, Bramaik's humanity, especially on a day like this where we say we celebrate humans' rights. Mm. So the question, the question of his humanity because of his case, of this case, and and two, I hope I don't forget this point. Okay, maybe I've, I've I've forgotten it now. But if if I were to talk about, if I were to ask Bramaik about the point of his humanity, or the other point is judiciary. If I were to ask him, um, I know that he has made the case that 
three spheres of government have been against him. One at the executive level where the president sits uh, with people like Rob Davis. Uh, maybe you'll go deeper into the detail ah, okay. in how Rob Davis is involved in the case. So okay. the executive, the judiciary, where someone as high up as deputy president judge of the high mm. court has an interest in the case. By that I mean he has shares okay. in the in the in the in the license towards how I, I understand what happened happened where he was where his property was stolen is that they were building the city casino but then they needed to dangle what he calls a carrot. And okay. uh, you know uh, and so they went, of course... Uh, All right. Can I can I just pause? Because I, I want to get Mike's quick response. We do need to move on. I don't want to yes. get too bogged down in the technicalities of it all. Thank you for that call, right? We don't have too much time about yeah. who did okay. what because we're going to move away from other things. Okay. Just just a quick response on that. Well, I, th- I think the I found a document that shows that Deputy Judge President... Uh, uh, Phineas Mojapilo mm-hmm. is one of the owners of Gold Reef City Casino, and every judge that was allocated to my case was allocated by Deputy Judge President at Phineas. The, at that time? No, for the whole 18 years. Okay. Yeah, for the whole 18 years. And, and, and then we, at Black House Collective, strange enough that uh, he should raise this point, there were some students that came to, to listen to a conversation. So when we finished the conversation, they were final year law students. And I said to them, right, you've asked me all of your questions. Now I'm going to give you an assignment. Go and find me a trademark case that has been refused refu- leave to appeal from the high court. They came back to Black House Collective three weeks later and they said they never found one. And I haven't found one in 18 years. Okay. Let's talk about the cases. Uh, and I do need to move on. Some of the cases that you've... So I've asked the question about why don't you set up your own thing anyway yeah. mm-hmm. and maybe let them have the fight and then maybe you can have a full-out war about who owns the apartheid museum trademark because at least you would have your, your little island. Let's call it that, okay? Uh, and you said you need a billion rands. Uh, maybe it'll come. Somebody's listening. I don't know. <laughs> the, the other one is you, you've taken them to court and without spending too much time, you certainly haven't been a winner. I mean, the, 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 there's been... What? T- tell us what you've what has happened with... with, what, with legal the costs in the order of three million rand. Right. Um, somewhere in the somewhere in the process, somewhere in the process, there was a point at which I had to pay them three hundred thousand rand in legal fees, and they wrote a letter to my attorney, and they said something along the lines of, "Well, you know, if uh, he could just stop this litigation now, uh, we can forget about the three hundred thousand." I said, "Tell him to go to hell." Okay. What What's the status in terms of? I have Where to go to prison. I have to go to prison. On what grounds? On the grounds that I refuse to apologize to George Bezos and to Solly Crock and to Michael Katz and to Rob Davies and to Rory Voller and to all of the people that concocted this thing called the South African Apartheid Museum at Freedom Park. It doesn't even exist on paper. This is the affidavit to, to Rory Voller. I show him five, eight, case, eight parts of uh, 81 pages in which I say, this is fraudulent, this is fraudulent. It's not, Ashraf, now and then you will have, people will say to you, yes, a counterfeit 100 rand note. And somebody who's an expert will look at it and say to you, 
how this is a very good mm. counterfeit. Mm. This is a palpable fraud. It's not as though it's sophisticated. You can see the handwriting over the over the dates. Mm. Mm. You could see you could see that George Bezos certainly was never well. The company doesn't exist. So why am I talking about George Bezos never being a director of the company? George Bezos and John Carney are patched in because one of the directors has has, has spilled the beans and he wrote an affidavit. He says he's got no idea that he is a director of the South African Apartheid Museum and yet his name is on the on the uh, power of attorney form. He says so, so whichever you, way wait, that wait, he wait, got. You had to pay those costs because you, you lost you, the case. You, you lost, lost the case. You yes. defamed a whole lot of people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, including the, those names and John Carney. Oh, and a hell of a lot more than that. That are, that are far more respected than the previous yeah. names you've given, right? Oh, um, How John, have they responded to you? I'm talking of individuals. No denial. No denial. There's no, there's no paper that says, I deny that I'm a non-white slave. I deny that I'm a racist. I deny that. No. What they do is they come in front of the judge and say, look at him. He says that George Bezos is a racist. Mr. Steinman, are you saying that George Bezos is a racist liar fraud? Yes, I am. And that's what you... Yes, what you yes, I am. Know. Are you not prepared to apologize? No, I'm not prepared to apologize. And you said you may... You're, you're going to go to prison. Yes, I'll go to prison. Are you going to prison? I'm going... Well, I'm waiting for them to put me in prison. The judgment is there. It's confirmed by the Constitutional Court. I write to the registrar and I tell the registrar, in terms of paragraph 54, it's around about now you're supposed to be issuing the warrant of arrest. How, how long? That's three years. Now I'm supposed to be in prison. Do you want to go? I want to go so that I can explain to prisoners what I originally said in my prospectus. That, that, that I want to explain to them that you in prison, because there is no equality in the law. If there was equality in the law, Christopher Till, who's the curator there, would have been in prison. All of those people would be in prison for fraud. I'm not talking about theft of a... I'm talking about fraud. The document called the South African Party Museum at Freedom Park is a fraudulent document. Okay. No equality before the law. You say that. Why? I'm saying to you that white people are treated differently in front of the judiciary. I'll give you an example. I gave you the example where the Crocs declared to the world that they created the Apartheid Museum. Guess who writes the 564-page uh, affidavit on their behalf? There's not one single affidavit that's signed by Abe and Solly Croc in 18 years. Not one. Not one in which they speak in their own words. Okay. Now, 564, let me finish that point. 564 pages. John Carney goes into Solly Croc and Abraham Croc's brains, and then he tells the court what Abraham and Solomon Croc were thinking on a particular day when they came, and the court accepts John Carney. But there's, there's Solly Croc right there. Why didn't Solly Croc piece for 18 years? Not one single affidavit. Okay, not so one. Besides you waiting to go to prison for three years now, that's one part of it. Where, wh what else regarding this? Is there anything else you want to do around the apartheid museum issue? Oh, yeah, yes, yes. I, I want to continue the education. Now, it's, it's the strangest thing. My, my daughter said to me, sorry, I'm just, just a small deviation. My daughter said to me, when you wrote that prospectus, you had no idea how savage racism really is. Now you know.
Okay, more to come. Uh, and I'll pick out some comments as well from SMSs to uh, 0891 104 Otherwise, WhatsApp voice notes 0614 104107. Uh, tweets, as always, hashtag Viewpoint. You can even tweet well after the show and give me your opinion about the discussion we're having with Mike Steinbank. Central to all of that is the Apartheid Museum. I'll get to the Askia Institute and what that means right after this. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. Okay, nine more minutes with uh, our big hitter for the night, Mike uh, Steinbank. Right, Mike, let's move on to the Askia Institute right. outside of the Apartheid Museum. W- what is that? Again, tell the, me the name of that person. It's quite significant in your role in the Institute. Eskia Pashele has, I think, 10 honorary doc- doctorates from uh, universities over, all over the world, never mind his academic qualifications, right? So I... Well, I, I think I'm speaking to South Africans. I, I'm, I'm assuming that they understand. I founded the SK Institute after getting the rights from uh, SK Pachel. So in terms of the SK Institute, it's about the life and the work of SK Pachel. So we took that and we brought that into the into uh, a, a workable institute mm-hmm. through which we change the way education is done. That's the first thing. And one of the the, the central features of Eskiam Pachele's education is that you begin first from the African perspective. Now, you know our education came from a European mm-hmm. perspective. Right? That's when we're, and and Eskiam Pachele's entire work all of his life was based on education from within the African perspective. And there's so many things that Eskian Pachele uh, said that, that, I, that I thought of myself. But anyway, be that as it may, we have the Eskia Institute. Its first funding comes from the principal funder, which is the National Lotteries Board. Okay. And I, I said to you, I want to show you the link between the National Lotteries Board and the Apartheid Museum. Mm. Remember when they said, uh, we, you know, if he just forgets about this case, we'll let him lose those costs of so they trying to figure out how is this black man able to sustain this litigation litigation is frightfully expensive so how is he able to sustain it so they do a bit of homework and they find out that my chief source of income is that Steinbank and Associates manages the Eskia Institute. So there's an operation. So we have a, we, a, we, I, ha, I, I draw my bread and milk and my family's bread and milk and butter out of the income that I get through the management of the Eskia Institute. The, the little bit of change that we get from there, then we use that for the litigation. So they figure, how can we bring a stop to this? And this is what they do. The National Lotteries Board has allocated 48 million rand to, for the building of the Eskia Institute. They give us the first tranche of 13 million and they due to give us 34 million rand and we you, in order to get your 34 million rand you have to do an audit report and you got to do we do all of that gold reef city casino make a meeting with the national lotteries board they bring in the hawks and they go to the national lotteries board and they say these are the things that mike Steinbank. they use this george bezos stuff and a, a woman called uh homoto morocco this is what he says about her and all of this now what they're trying to do is to cut off my source of income mm-hmm. But the savagery, what I call the savagery of racism is such that at that particular point, the SK Institute is supporting 10 other families and at least 30 other freelancers who do work for the Mm -hmm. SK Institute. And then in order to get me... 
they took 10 families out of an income. So, so they succeeded. They succeeded. They succeeded. And then on the basis that on the basis that there's a rumor that Mike Steinbank stole 9 million rand out of the SK Institute funds. Now, one thing that is true is that if you steal 10 rand of the lottery's board money, they have an obligation to report that to the police. Now, where on earth would I have put 9 million rand when I'm destitute? So the whole thing was contrived with the Hawks. They took one of the, they took a member of mm-hmm. the Hawks so that the letter that is a, they so they strategize with the national the National Lotteries Commission is a corrupt institution. Rob Davies is the head. Now let's let's go to the caller and Rob Davies. Well, very very quickly. quickly Rob Davies is head of the Companies Act where the fraud takes place. Rob Davies is head of the Gambling Act where the fraud takes place. Rob Davies is head of the National Lotteries Commission. If Mike Steinbank continues with his litigation, he's going to expose Rob Davies is fraud in the register of companies. Rob Davies got two incidents of fraud in the register of companies. So it's in the interest of Rob Davies to ensure that Mike Steinman can't continue with the litigation. So they they do this whole story about how he stole a nine million rand. You want to ask yourself. Go to the lotteries. Well, why haven't you charged Mike Steinbank if he's chosen okay. stolen nine so million lots of, lots of allegations. I hear that. And again, there's no, right but, of reply. No, but, uh, no, but hold on a second, Ashraf. Let me say this to you. Yeah, is affidavit saying exactly that to Alfred Nevertando and his board. And there's no denial. There's no denial from Rob Davies. Yeah, that he committed. There's no you. denial okay. from the Gauteng Gambling Board. So... I don't know how they're going to come to you with, with any other Fair, right fair enough. And I heard your point that so, none of what you've said you haven't said before, right? I've heard that point. Say that again. None of what you're saying today you haven't said before. I haven't said directly okay. to them. Fair to, enough. Directly okay. to them. Yeah. What about you in all of this? I mean, is, is there something that you've done wrong? Where I'm trying to find it. Where, where you've... Uh, where, I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it. Certainly nobody's, so, certainly nobody's told me. Nobody's okay. told me. The court hasn't told me. The court hasn't told me. W- w- what have I done wrong? Besides the accusations that you may well go to prison for. So, no, Ashraf, if, if, if at all I make an allegation against you, the, the, the point is for you to disprove the allegation. I'm saying to you, if there's anything you should take from what I say today, is that the South African, and I say... I. It's people mustn't come up to defend the judiciary because I've told Mohueng directly, Chief Justice Mohueng, I told him directly. And people ask me, aren't you going to end up at the Zondo Commission? So I said, well, I've asked the Zondo Commission for a hearing, but then Chief, Chief, uh, Deputy Chief Justice Zondo has got a problem because one of my submissions to him say, yeah, is a judgment that's got your name. And I'm telling you that this judgment is fraudulent. And they're keeping absolutely so, quiet. So wait, oh, let me get this right. Yes. You say we got a minute to go. Incredibly. Yeah. Yes. You'd be fine because in in the greater scheme of state capture, this would this would be a part of that. Nobody you, makes the allegation that the judiciary is corrupt. I'm the only one that makes the allegation that the judiciary is corrupt. Tuli Madonsela certainly didn't make that. She would never have have taken the thing and given it to Chief Justice Mohueng. And Tuli Madonsela, at the time that she secured these documents for me. At the time she secured the documents for me, she knew that the judiciary was corrupt. Okay. Because my, I told her. My question in terms of the uh, the uh, corruption inquiry. Yes. So so 
Are you saying you've been blocked from testifying? Well, I've certainly given them my submission. These documents that you're looking at are documents that I've given to the to the judicial uh, to the the state uh, capture. And you clearly want to testify, right? Oh, I'd love my day. They'd okay. make a greasy look somewhat small. I can't imagine that that you would not be allowed. I'm, I'm just thinking. Never mind what you said about Judge Zondo. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. How could anybody? Well, that's a lot confused. of people are asking exactly the same question. All right, we shall see. Just give me give me one more minute. We're going to wrap up now. Uh, your thoughts about what's the one thing we need to do to fix South Africa? There's a certain state that we're in now. What more needs to happen to our country? We got we run to news time. So we oh, got... Ashraf, that's a big question mm. for the last minute. If I, all right, let me let me put it to you this way, and and, and uh, let me put it this way. In Gold Reef City Casino's papers, not my word, it's their word that says we did this with the African National Congress. We, all of my experience is done with the African, they say with the South African government. That's what they say. And you're saying so, we need to and draw I'm from saying, that. I'm saying, take your cue from there. The 8th of May is coming. That's where we're going to leave it. Mike Steinbank. I haven't asked him who's he not voting for, but I think I can get the point. Big hitter for the night. Thank you for your time. Most appreciated. Thank you for having me. Podcast up as well sometime tomorrow. I think we should get that around nine o'clock, maybe slightly later. Let's get the news now. Just go on a minute past nine.